0: Well, Brando, the people have spoken. Finally. And we've got mixed reviews. Some people liked the photography talk and wanted more. Some people liked the Lessons for Life and wanted more.
1: Well, how can you not want more of Lessons for Life?
0: That's what I, what I know, but it, people right? do tend to really like those. And they are fun to kind of go back and look. So, old Jamesy went to, went to work.
1: How can I make everybody happy?
0: Uh, once again, <laughs> what do I got to do to make everybody happy? And I've got us a lesson for life about scuba safety, about photography, and a bad buddy team. Kind of everything we've been talking the last couple of weeks, all thrown into one.
1: Our podcast has become something of like a uh, parent who we just keeps saying the same things over and over. And hoping it'll get through their thick skulls. <laughs> 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 I'm kidding, of uh, course. I'm kidding. Parenting is much easier than having a podcast. It's a piece of cake.
0: Than raising raising podcast children?
1: Actually, they're a lot better in many ways than real kids. I don't get a monetary donation back to me as a father. <laughs> Where we do have... Some fine listeners who are helping support the cause.
0: Welcome back to the Great Die Podcast, everybody. You're here with Scuba Safety Jamesy.
1: And Shutterbug Brando. What? <laughs> Scuba Safety Shutterbug. Jamesy.
0: Shutterbug Brando. I like that one.
1: Yeah, baby.
0: Hey, Shutterbug.
1: <laughs> you almost had a southern accent there. Are you working yeah. on your southern accent?
0: Hey there, Shutterbug. Hey,
1: Shutterbug. I'm, I'm getting ready How to go to Georgia. I guess. Yeah. How y'all doing down there?
0: Hey y'all. How y'all. Shutterbug's doing <laughs> down here. Down <laughs> here. This is a story from 2019. Bad buddies learn a lesson about scuba safety. What you gonna do, bad buddies? Bad buddies.
1: What you gonna do?
0: What you gonna do when they shutterbug <laughs> for you? <laughs> no. Because this is what happens when uh, dive buddy gets annoyed that his goddamn photographer buddy has got his nose in that viewfinder isn't having any fun with me in the water.
1: <laughs> what about me? What about me? A shutterbug is a cruel mistress. A shutterbug. A camera is a cruel mistress. Can you see how a uh, camera is probably at the root of divorces? Well, it's a lot like scuba gear, you know?
0: The root of many divorces.
1: Yes, you spend a lot of time looking at that gear, fondling it.
0: You don't look at me like that (laughs) anymore, Brando. You don't fondle me (laughs) like you do anymore, Brando.
1: (laughs) The reply to that is, you don't do a lot of things you (laughs) used to do either. I had to replace those (gasps) those things with dive gear.
0: (laughs) Well, this is about a bit of a couple. Nell and Ted. Brando.
1: Nell and Ted. Uh, It sounds like a man and a woman, uh, a male and a female. And it is. The complete ends of the spectrum. Two completely
0: different ways of thinking. Man versus woman. Two very different ways of thinking, also. Photographer, non photographer.
1: Cool dude with the photographer, and then just a dude, chick, whatever, guy, girl, person.
0: We all. Diver. We also have two very different ways of thinking new diver. Oh. Veteran diver. Oh, interesting. Diver that's been diving for 10 years. Diver that's been diving for about a year. Whoa. Okay. So there's a little experience in there. We also have another dichotomy one's a blonde blonde haired <laughs> versus the brunettes totally Whoa. different ways of thinking well those blondes just get it all coming to them those brunettes got to work for it
1: they do well i don't know about that i'm a i'm very partial to brunettes
0: uh you and me both yeah. that's, i think that's why we get along so well as buddies we, are, we, we like both, brunettes uh, like those brunettes <laughs> but no not blonde and brunette i'm talking dainty petite woman, big man. Big dude, eh? That's
1: how it seems to go. Are they
0: romantically involved?
1: This dive team? Are they romantically involved? Are they in some type of relationship? Which adds a whole other dynamic, which is the subject of many, many discussions of diving. Romance on the dive team. Which is different than a bromance on a dive team. Bromances (laughs) don't cause... The problems that a romance on the dive team does. Have you ever seen a romance on the dive team?
0: (laughs) I was just having fun listening.
1: I can see your face on the screen and your eyes are like looking as if they're reading or searching for something. I figure I'll just try to fill the empty (laughs) space with some nonsensical ramblings of my cobweb filled mind space. You look in those deep recesses and corners, and there's interesting artifacts, like the romance on the Dive Team. We've seen that. We've seen that before.
0: The romance of Nell and Ted.
1: Well, let's call him Ned for short.
0: This is a little bit of what you would call Love on the Rocks, Brandon. Love on the Rocks by uh, Neil, Neil Diamond. Love on the Rocky Bottom. Love on the Rocky Corally Reefy Bottom. Whoa. Love on the coral reef. Love on the macro bottom.
1: Whoa! Love on the on the pygmy seahorse.
0: <laughs> <laughs> because Nell <laughs> loved macro photography. Of course, Nell did more than anything. Anything more than Ted.
1: Well,
0: more. We're usually than about her three
1: or four rungs down the ladder of importance. You know that. You know, it, right. most men—we're like dogs. Men are like dogs, wouldn't you agree? I mean, I think yeah, most yeah, people—we're—we're yeah. we're we're dumb and loyal and do things without thinking too much, and we just—we're happy to just see your face every day.
0: Yeah, just happy to get our head petted yes, and, and, and a little bit of food gets, thrown at us, a belly scratched you, occasionally. Yeah, yeah. occasionally, you, you don't gotta do much, right? To keep a keep a guy happy, right? And women are a little more complex. They tend
1: to be. They're they're not dogs. They're not simple creatures like dogs. They're a little bit more complex.
0: She had the patience for hovering in place, waiting for her subjects to forget she was there. But she didn't have patience for Ted, goddammit.
1: Well, Ted forgot she was there. (laughs) Ted.
0: Ted ignored her for a minute. Oh, fucking Ted. They would return to their normal activities, and Nell would get the shots she was looking for. The problem was, her dive buddies did not have her patience. They got bored and wandered off while she waited. And this is like the classic, you know, struggle between most, you know, divers getting buddied up with a photographer.
1: It's the classic man versus camera yeah man versus a little bit of
0: man versus machine it is a bit of a like major subject of a lot of stories a lot of good sci-fi apocalyptic stories of man versus machine dystopian dystopian struggles Yes. yes exactly and like all good literature you need a little bit of backstory about who these people really are. So let's see if we can dig deep into who Nell and Ted really are. Get to the heart. Get to the heart of this story.
1: Upon researching Nell's background, we learn
0: we, she actually had
1: contacts within the Illuminati. Is that right?
0: <laughs> she did. Because uh it was uh she had more than ten years of diving experience, it's not said exactly, but she may or may not have been on the CIA dive team.
1: Oh, yes. Well, they can't admit that, so it's classified.
0: She dived for years before the photography bug bit her. But since then, she's lived and breathed it. She was good at spotting little things on the reef that most divers missed, and she quickly discovered she had the skills necessary for macro photography capturing extreme close-ups of small underwater animals and fish she was petite and fit from a life of regular exercise
1: she's probably good at spotting things in their romance like you never do this or you you always i notice you always leave your one of your socks never makes it into the dirty clothes hamper. It fell. Just one of them.
0: I put them all I, it I fell was in a hurry on the way to time. work, Nell. <laughs> exactly. I dropped every one single sock. You going to bring that up.
1: <laughs> He's probably now well, I'm kind of with Nell on notice, you know, like leaving like toothpaste stains in the sink is a fucking stickler thing for me or on the mirror cuz I can brush my teeth with my lips closed. I notice there's a lot of people in my family that can't, and the mirror looks like a freaking you sprayed whipped cream on it.
0: I'm looking as I brush to make sure I got all the spots. I got, I got to see, I got to see, I got to see my teeth while I brush them.
1: Close your goddamn lips around the brush. Nobody needs, you know, the rabid dog technique of brushing your teeth. Nobody needs that. Just brush your teeth. <laughs> So I'm a little, probably a little closer to Nell noticing these tiny details. And then after years and years, you have to finally you just wake up one day and you're like, I had it with these motherfucking snakes on my motherfucking plane, and you have to let go.
0: Now, Nell seems like the classic scuba dive shop customer that comes in, been diving for years, and slowly gets eased into the camera yeah okay. Now that I have a better picture of her you've been diving for a while um you' you're doing the same thing over and over again I know it'll spice up uh spice up your diving a little bit. get a camera a sex toy it's kind of like a sex toy <laughs> <laughs> This is called the new. this is the new sea life rabbit. <laughs>
1: If you swing the other way, we have a GoPro.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, Ted Brando had been diving for a year, and he had made about 50 dives. He was in his mid-30s and had no known health problems. Well, that's good. However, he didn't exercise regularly, and he wasn't in the best shape. 12-ounce curls count. They count. I'm
1: going to guess Ted was a 12 ounce curler.
0: He that was the exercise that he preferred. He preferred his the preferred exercise of the and the uh, he did the uh, he did the 12 ounce curl and the donut deadlift.
1: <laughs> I got this one. It's got frosting, nuts, and some kind of sprinkles.
0: He was a big guy, six foot two, and weighed about 250 pounds. So I mean, he's he's not grossly obese but he, he's a big he's no. a big dude yeah Salad yeah probably, yeah, probably Salad guy see. because he didn't get out much during the day he liked to swim around a lot on dives doing his best to see as much of the reef as he could before exhausting his air he was known to finish dives early because he ran low on air and now ted to me sounds like the classic new diver. Like, he's the guy that everybody jokes around. He's got the nickname Airwolf. Airwolf. Hey, Air- yes. yeah, Airwolf. Oh. Going to be a short dive today. Diving with Ted.
1: Do you remember who played the Airwolf pilot? Pierce Brosnan. No, come on. A British dude? Airwolf was not having a British Charlie name.
0: Sheen. <laughs> Ster- wasn't his name Sterling something?
1: No, Sterling. Jan Rod Vincent. Sterling, do you remember Jan Michael Vincent?
0: Yes, I knew it was something like, something flashy like
1: that. He was Airwolf. He was he was like an up and comer. He was going to be a big deal. Uh, he got pigeonholed into that role. No, he gave a booze. Booze took uh, old JMV down. Booze took him down bad. Can you blame him though? Yeah, it happens. Probably had a dive buddy like Nell. Always, <laughs> nip, him always nipping at him. <laughs>
0: all you want to do is get the dive over really fast so you can go get that bucket of beers so the dive itself ted had a regular dive buddy that he dove with but that dive buddy was sick and he didn't want to pass on their dive boat reservation so he showed up without a partner the boat crew asked ted if he would mind buddying up with nell and he agreed Nell told Ted she was a photographer and planned to take photos on the dive, but didn't give him any more detail.
1: Hmm, That's pretty pretty much how I see people getting buddied up together. That's the extent of their conversation, their dive plan. I'm a photographer. Okay, I'm not. Okay, let's have a good dive. Let's keep me back with 500. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when, uh, when we get to 500, we'll see each other off the boat. Right, and uh, this is kind of the discussion we were having last week, right the same ocean buddy
1: same ocean, same
0: buddy so they
1: weren 't romantically involved at least at this point
0: we don't we don't know that we don 't know that we don 't know that yet
1: Well, it seems like they just kind of got buddied up if they were romantically involved don 't you think they 'd have been buddied up already? that could
0: be that could be why ted 's on the on the boat today he had uh, some beer goggles last night, woke up with old Nell. Woke up with Nell in the morning and followed her to the boat, even though he knew his buddy was going to be sick.
1: I think he'd he'd say like, "Listen, we're going to buddy his, up." His
0: buddy, his buddy got too oh. sick. His buddy probably got too sick at the bucket beer he challenge. Did,
1: uh, quite a a story painted. In Ted uh, Ted <laughs> is a little
0: bit of a bigger, manlier man. He could okay. handle the, the couple of buckets, and uh. you know, saw Nell. He's like, "All right, Tommy, if you're not going to make it." I'm going to go diving with single, single diver, Nell.
1: Well, it could have happened that way. But the picture I get, the image that pops into my mind in this story is they just met on the boat. They just met because they got buddied up by the dive master. Well,
0: after this dive finishes. (laughs) There's no chance. (laughs) If if this dive finishes, it might not play out the same way.
1: Maybe they're actually role playing. Now, there you go. Maybe they're like, "Okay, we're gonna get on this boat. I'm gonna act like my dive buddy got sick. You're gonna volunteer to be my buddy."
0: <laughs> okay, okay, great dive podcast listeners. This is like a choose your own adventure story. You can uh, hit the uh, hit the forward button at thirty second intervals to uh, to take the story whatever way you want. Ted Nell descended to the bottom and began swimming along the reef ted was enjoying the dive when he saw nell stop and move close to the reef he assumed she was going to take a quick photo then they would move on to see more <laughs> of the dive a site
1: pity, no a quick photo <laughs>
0: <laughs> a quick a quick photo macro, is there such a thing
1: photo. no fro knows that macro is not a quick photo M-
0: Macro is not take a quick pick game. That is not a quick pick out. game.
1: No. Macro is you spend like an hour in in about four square foot of an area. Right. <laughs> Depending on the dive site. But, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of time in a little small area looking at little tiny things.
0: And that was kind of what I was talking about, you know, the last week or two was sometimes you get to an area and you need to let – you know, the environment come back to life around you. Like you you get to a spot, right? You, you hang out and, you know, we were talking, you know, the value of, you know, not only like slowly coming into an area to be delicate and careful, but also having the ability to slowly back away and leave an area just as controlled as you came into it. And because I was saying, you know, there's, there was those spots underneath, you know, the, the tree roots coming into the water where, yeah. You want to go in, but you're going to disturb all the little fish in there. If you're not gentle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, But you need to be able to back out, let them kind of get back into their little happy place, and then come back in slow and controlled. That's the the value of having that control of the kicks, moving in forward, moving in backward, without disturbing that whole delicate area. So taking that real tiny close-up macro where you're, you know, you're, looking at a a tiny maybe a, a two square inch one square inch four square inch it's a very small area that you're you're focusing your whole attention into looking through that viewfinder which is the the problem where so many photographers get this bad reputation of being terrible dive buddies is because they get lost in the machine yes
1: well it sucks your focus it does suck your focus. You've got to adjust knobs and
0: buttons and
1: move strobes
0: and yeah. But it's the weight. But it's also it's the same thing. The way all diving should be. It's you're paying attention to the environment. You're paying attention to your teammate. You're paying attention to your own equipment. Then you're coming back to the environment you're addressing your team you're addressing yourself you're enjoying the environment you're back to your team your awareness is constantly in flow
1: yeah it's just that in this particular case the environment and this particular piece of equipment sucks a lot of the focus from team so it goes from maybe an equilateral triangle as far as each side representing equipment environment and team to this like scalene triangle kind of like the hypotenuse is fucking or the longest edges fucking your your focus that represents your equipment focus, which is your camera, right? And and the second largest is the environment area that you're focusing your camera onto. And, and the little, little, little tiny <laughs> side. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, you're yeah, there's a buddy sangled, somewhere. Uh, scale, is it scalene? I'm trying to remember my geometry. But yeah, it represents that awkward triangle with two very long sides and one very short side, and that short side is
0: your team. She's going to take a quick picture, then they move on to see more of the dive site. That's what he thought, yes. Yeah, that's what he thought was going to happen. Right. Which is the typical same-ocean-buddy fiasco that occurs, which is why so many... Divers, you know, when they're taking their first digital underwater photography class, they're also told about you should probably take a solo class, too, because nobody's going to want to dive with you. So you might as well just, you know, just accept the fact that you're a photographer and you're going to always be by yourself instead of what you and I come back to is, no, the first thing you got to do is realize you're a diver first.
1: Your diver first, with a with a camera second,
0: and just because uh, all of a sudden something comes up in your life and you want to start taking pictures, you can't forget about everything else.
1: You can't. I mean, you can, but every, things will suffer. Life will suffer. Uh, those areas not covered in your photography uh, lexicon, if you will, will suffer, not-
0: and that is well. I don't. I mean, you get stuck taking pictures all the time?
1: I do. I take uh, When when
0: you're not planning on it? No. But you you're able to manage? Well,
1: I'm uh I'm quite an amazing human being if you get to know me. <laughs> <laughs> but that that set aside, that's not why I'm able to do it and and still maintain some semblance of uh activity involvement, leadership, whatever in the other parts of my life. That's you know, just like last night I was out. I had to go take photos that I didn't know I was going to be taking in the morning when I woke up and it was my son's uh it's college soccer team. So we went out to his game and uh took photos. But uh yeah. Well, you
0: cuz you guys are a bit of a soccer we're, family. We're
1: soccer heads to a certain degree. We've we've You got uh, <laughs> the little soccer ball
0: <laughs> sticker on the back of the minivan, little soccer says, ball says, on top of the soccer antenna. Soccer mom, soccer dad.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I heart soccer. I heart.
0: Are you a? I got a serious question. Yeah. Are you a Manchester United family? Or are you a Real Madrid family? Uh,
1: well, it's a little bit of a, a house divided. Actually, like my boys who are the biggest soccer players, they like both of those teams. I'm sure. But I always they'll be watching a game, and I'll walk in, and I go, "Who are you guys rooting for?" And they just look at me like we don't root for anybody. We just love the game. And I'm like, what the fuck's the matter with this generation?
0: I'm a, I'm a man you <laughs> guy. You know, you know why? Because. Because I'm manscaped, Brando. Well,
1: I bet the, the man you team is completely manscaped if they got a hold of the TGDP code.
0: That's right. You don't want to wait until your trouser devils are more disorderly than <laughs> man you. Trouser Devils. This season, bring your below the waist to the top of the table with manscaped people. You got to use your lawnmower 4.0 to show off your Modric level ball skills.
1: Modric, eh? and in, yeah, yeah. You don't want and ensure
0: your... <laughs> that your member will Luka good if you know what I mean, Brando.
1: <laughs> Ooh, wow, nice play on on Luka Modric's name. I wonder if he he cares. But I mean, uh, yeah, you don't want your balls to be offsides.
0: No, you don't want your balls (laughs) off sides. And even though Man City may have won the cup, but your Man City will be the champion this year when you go to manscaped.com and put in the code TGDP for 20% off of free delivery on your order. That's why Manscaped, Brando, has the performance package. It's the ultimate grooming package for a champion. Including the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, that Lawnmower 4.0, the weed whacker for your nose and ear hairs, and multiple ball formulations, a travel bag, and even a pair of boxer shorts.
1: What about a t shirt? Can I get a t shirt?
0: You can get a t shirt. You can get all kinds of stuff. This package has head to toe top class and an easy choice for the best footballers in Europe. Damn. Get 20% off of free delivery with the code TGDP at manscaped.com, people. That's 20% off with free delivery at manscaped.com. Don't forget to use the code TGDP. Celebrate a new season of the beautiful game with your newly beautiful balls.
1: You know, all that running up and down that field, you've got to have a a pretty manscaped nether region, if you will, to uh, to avoid chafing and all the na- nasty things that can happen when you're that's why the that's why
0: the guys today are so much faster than they oh, were
1: hell yeah in, in, technology you know, years ago technology technology and the manscaped light is a light as a feather <laughs> exactly
0: free as a bird
1: manscaped technology
0: has made the world a better place no cuts no nicking no accidents and speaking of accidents let's get back to this diving accident whoa good segue speaking
1: speaking of crotches let's get back to this camera issue
0: (laughs) after waiting for more than five minutes without an indication from Nell that she was done and wanting to continue the dive Ted began looking around he did his best to keep Nell in his peripheral vision now depending on the depth you know five minutes is a lot of time I mean, and, and it's almost a, regardless of depth. Five minutes of zero communication,
1: you could be a mile away—not a mile away, but you can be a long way away swimming around. You could, right? yes, virtually. Out, you know, outside of vis, for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it, especially where we dive, you know, a f- five minutes of swimming away from your buddy in the visibility we have, you might as well be a mile away. You might
1: as well be in a different ocean, different buddy scenario. You know,
0: But here's the problem with just getting buddied up with any old buddy on a dive boat is you got two different divers that are completely on two different pages, not united in a goal, and everything breaks down. Because here he is, he wants to swim around and, and see more and dive more and explore around. He paid money to go dive and not to... Sit and watch Nell take pictures.
1: True, but he got saddled up with the old ball and chain of Nell. <laughs> <laughs> this is the story of life,
0: Tad. Get used to it. Get used to it, bitch. <laughs> so Tad, like like most divers that get buddied up with a photographer, not knowing that you know what that entails, decided to start moving along the reef. He'd glance back every now and again and note that. Nell had relocated a little bit, but she always seemed to be hovering in place with her camera up to her mask. And Ted got annoyed.
1: Well, can you blame him?
0: It's like, look at me for a change. What about me? What about about the things that I do? What about my goals in life, Nell? You're always talking
1: about Jerry at work. What about me?
0: What about my feelings, Nell? What about my needs? And again, this is a big problem with a lot of divers that take their personal life and their personal baggage underwater with them and don't have the ability to flip the switch, Ted, not paying attention to his bottom time or even where he swam, suddenly noticed it's getting hard to breathe. Son of a bitch. There's an art to... Being a good diving buddy, which you and I refer to as a teammate in the water. Right. Definitely an art to it. it and there, there's study and practice involved and a lot of work-building experience together so that these two divers could do this dive in a nice, fluid, and really well-done way. But with without any of that training and practice, it's really hard to make two buddies paired up that don't know anything about each other have a successful dive. It still blows me away that that's still the standard practice on most dive boats.
1: Well, also, I mean, my interpretation of the story so far is they just got buddied up and neither one is on the same page as far as how the dive is going to be conducted. I mean, Ted obviously doesn't have a clue how, Macro photography uh, dives go how what the what the general <laughs> the general dive looks like on a macro photography dive and our macro photographer obviously doesn't realize Ted doesn't know this and or she runs every dive like this where she just basically is by herself in you know ten square foot of coral reef area focused with her face and into the
0: lens. Right, but, but that's that's how macro photography goes, and you need a really right. good teammate if you're going to shove your face into the nose of a camera and take pictures. It's not a, a little, hey, uh, I'm going to go down and take some photos, and, and that's the extent of the, the conversation. I mean, I mean, this is macro photography. That's a half-an-hour discussion, but nobody's going to want to sit and listen, listen to that.
1: That discussion? It, and, and when you <laughs> go through, a, yeah,
0: when you go through... A, you know, a, a basic weekend scuba class and you start getting out on dive boats and the routine is just show up. If you don't have a buddy, we'll we'll pair have you up buddy. with a buddy and this is the buddy you get. You wonder why mistakes happen and problems happen and all these near misses, you know, every day out on these dive boats occur. Yeah,
1: they're, everybody's on, on their own page is the issue and um, happens a lot with underwater photography. If If you're not practiced at it, and if you don't dive that way normally, do you dive as a team normally? It's really going to be difficult to bring a teamwork ethic and practice when
0: you've never done it before. If you've never <laughs> exactly, I mean, if you're trained as a team diver, it's very easy to take on a solo diver ethic. Yeah, but the opposite is very much not true. That's what that's what makes you a good solo diver is you're able to think for two people already exactly if you're if you're just a solo diver you're gonna have a very hard time getting put into a dive team with a buddy right
1: i think the solo diving like the the need or the desire to to go solo diving at the base of it in many instances i'm not going to use an absolute and say in every instance but in many of the instances that need is has arisen from uh, a certain laziness, like you don't want to work at the dive. You don't want to pay attention to this entire picture, the the equipment, the team, and the environment. You want to take one aspect, one side of that triangle and say, okay, the team is now just me. I don't have to pay attention to someone else. So it's easier. And that's the mentality going into it, which you actually got to take it I think around the opposite way you have to become even more aware of the team because now you're it. You're the only team.
0: Right. Uh, And it's it's weird and a lot of people look at it from the side you're talking about versus what we're saying is build the team and then being by yourself is a piece of cake. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Don't just go. Just don't just go by yourself, because then it's difficult to go into you're a not, team. Because you're not making yourself a better. You're dog. not.
1: You're not. It's a lazy. It's a lazy way out in many instances.
0: But I get it because so many people are given access to this world where, that you know we're going down to enjoy, and they get frustrated because of the very thing that you said that it, it takes. It takes work. put in and everybody just wants to get to the the glory the glory spot right they don't want to do the work and when you're set up from the beginning that scuba is a a two-day class you don't need to work very hard it's really hard years later to to convince them that they should put in the work I think that's at the root of much of our
1: quote-unquote preaching if you want to call it preaching but at the root of many issues is that two-day scuba class or the original scuba class someone took, even if it's not a two-day, ninety-nine percent of them are are so easy that you're guaranteed to pass. As a matter of fact, you know you're going to pass. You don't even really
0: have to put any work in. Oh yeah, short of spitting the regulator mouth and bolting for the surface, right? You know, you're probably going to pass the class. You're going to
1: pass the class, which sets that base up for continuing education, which is it's no
0: work involved. Right, I mean the only way somebody's going to even tell you you need to come back for an extra night in the pool is if you're have a horrific panic every time you flood and clear yeah. your, your mask. But but short of that, no. You you're not going to fail a class. There's no real work.
1: As a matter of fact, they keep trying it to doesn't, It doesn't it doesn't
0: fit into the it doesn't fit into the the money-making model. Yeah. He looked at his pressure gauge and realized he was nearly out of air. On top of that, He was 60 feet underwater and had no idea where his dive buddy was. Ted began to panic. He was a long way from the surface, and he looked around for the boat, but couldn't find it. he began to ascend, then glanced back at the reef and spotted Nell. She looked up, and they made eye contact. He signaled to her that he was low on air, and he was going to the surface. She immediately began swimming toward him. Signaling him to slow down, she clipped her camera to her BCD and pulled her alternate air source out, getting it ready for him. Ted got one last breath off his own regulator before he ran out of air. Nell arrived a moment later. And she did, you know, everything right from there. Grabbed onto his BCD and gave him an alternate and positioned herself in front of him, making eye contact and signaled him to breathe slow. And after a couple of breaths, she could see him begin to calm down. Awesome. Yeah, so that part worked out well. They were very lucky.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of that had to do with 10 years of experience on
0: Nell's part. So in the Lessons for Life... Eric sums this up by saying that both divers made mistakes. Nell didn't accurately describe her plans for the dive, and even though it wasn't the dive Ted imagined, he should have stayed closer to Nell. He also should have monitored his own air supply along with his position relative to the boat. They discussed the dive and their mutual goals. They could have compromised to spend part of it photographing and the rest exploring, but neither diver explained what they expected and this is what i meant earlier like the dive starts knowing that we got a five minute descent and we build the whole thing around that and we come all the way back to oh we want to take pictures as well right how do we how do we fit that into this time that we have knowing that we need five minutes to come
1: up right this much gas has got to be in reserve for for us, should we need to share gas at the end of the dive and still come up safely?
0: I mean, you have times in the water where it would be great just to sit and not have to think about a damn thing other than just taking pictures and not have to worry about anyone. But that's a fairy tale world. That's
1: not the mentality you want to get into the water with. And you don't want to, you know, fall into that hypnotic trance of looking through the eyepiece. <laughs>
0: Right, because it, I mean, it would be one thing if we all had, you know, underwater personal servants, right? That 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 just was there to take care of everything like you wanted to do. But then you got to look at well, who's going to be the servant of the of your servant, and who's going to be the servant of that? It would be never ending. The only way to really put the plan together is you all got to be on a team. You know, like on a on a dive job. You know, when I'm working in the movie world, there's there's the videographer down there, and really, they're on scuba, but my job is underwater safety. Right, you're watching him. Right, and, and he's he's not there as a diving teammate. No. He's down there strictly doing a job. Who's
1: watching you, though?
0: That's the thing, is I'm a solo Whoa, diver. Oh, son point. of a bitch. All right, that's, that's the reality of it, and, and he's a solo diver without a care in the world. But that's not diving.
1: No, that's a job right
0: there. That's working correct. diving. That's not. Correct. But people treat regular scuba that same way. They shouldn't, but they do, yes. Because
1: it's easy. It's very easy to take out an element of the, the awareness that you have to
0: keep. Exactly where I'm going, correct. Eric says it could have turned out far worse than it did. A rapid, uncontrolled descent from 60 feet could have easily caused an arterial gas embolism. And Ted could have lost consciousness before he even made it to the surface, suffering from stroke-like symptoms and cardiac arrest. He says a key to being good dive buddies is to ensure that you have compatible goals underwater. Photographers are often so focused, no pun intended, he says, on (laughs) getting their shots that they forget about their dive buddies. And often the best dive buddies for underwater shooters are people who like to be good spotters looking for interesting scenes or critters to photograph. Perfect. Meaning, yeah, meaning you got to get on the same page before you ever even get in the water. Yeah. It's simple. When you get onto a dive boat and you're just assigned a buddy because you both show up on the boat with a the dive master goes, is that that new Davy Jones locker, salted caramel, caffeinated coffee? I, I smell that aroma that you're both drinking. You guys must have went to the abysscoffeeco.com and told them TGDP sent you. You guys would make a good dive buddy team.
1: Well, hell yes. We both love Abyss Coffee Co. and their mugs and Kraken. So we've got to be a dive team we probably should be romantically involved.
0: But if that's the end of your courtship and that's the end of, you know, the, the the planning for the dive, man, you're setting yourself up for some problems. Hell yes. Hell's to the yes. I mean, that's 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 how you're introduced, right? These two like, "Hey, you don't have a buddy. I don't have a buddy either." Okay. Uh I'm going to take for you know, I'm going to be taking macro photos of them down there. Which means I'm gonna, you know, be looking at this and okay, that's fine. That that can't be the end of your discussion. There's things you gotta talk about.
1: Okay, I like to swim around. Okay, perfect. Let's go diving. Hey, let's not forget let's be on the boat with five hundred. <laughs> there
0: you go. <laughs> Eric says when buddying with someone new, talk about air consumption rates. In this case, Nell was fit. Even if she had been swimming around, she would have used significantly less air on the same dive than Ted.
1: No. This is not true. Okay, I have a very fit son. Plays college soccer, high level, all game every game. So he's in shape. He sucks through gas like a motherfucker. Because he's not a diver.
0: He's not a He is it, he, doesn't right. the a he doesn't have the technique. He doesn't have yes this, exactly. is, uh, this so is, is a this is a big assumption fitness. this is a big assumption on his right. part on on it's just not fitness
1: yeah. as a matter of fact, like I say I think it's because he's fit. he just breathes large lung volumes right
0: now he says the fact that she was also hovering in place and relaxing and concentrating on her subject made it more likely she was using very little air on the dive i'd agree with that but he says, realistically, the boat crew should not have teamed them up as dive buddies, although it's possible, he says, that they were the only two unaccompanied divers on the boat, which brings us back to you know like my point of like this industry standard of two people who don't know anything about each other can be buddied up on a dive and, and it be assumed that now they're a safe combination.
1: exactly when that happens you don't know if they're safer
0: together or apart (laughs) i hear you a a lot of times i'm thinking you know i'm safer and this is where we get into the big conundrum of the solar diver is you you get buddied up with a bullshit buddy team like this so you go fuck that next time i'd rather die by my i'd rather die by myself
1: well you would and and you got a point but there's yeah,
0: but Brando, that's not the answer, right? Right.
1: That's not the answer. Just going by yourself. I mean again, I think both of us, we get it.
0: Yeah, the the industry sits there and tells us it's a buddy sport, it's a buddy sport, it's a buddy sport. Be two solo divers who don't know anything about each other, And buddy up. just consider that a buddy and now you're better.
1: Yeah, just having a person with you is not a buddy. And this is where we go back to why we don't call it buddy so much
0: is we is because... Because we're distinctly saying that it's different. It is very much
1: different. It is not just two people swimming together underwater with scuba gear. It's two people that work together as a team while diving because there are different roles. There are different things to do. Uh, as a dive team versus like what we saw with this story one person's taking photos one person's swimming around on the reef and we see how that ends and it end- sometimes it ends a lot worse than this sometimes it ends fine everybody lives but now you have that normalization of deviance which is hey i pretty much dived by myself for all these dives i'm good
0: well and i would say the normalization is on the boat cruise side oh, is that too I, right, you know, I, I, we need to buddy them up. Usually, it's not a problem. Yeah, you know, one usually pops up 15 minutes before the other one, but they both get back on the boat. They live. So we're just we're just gonna keep doing that because everybody lived. But I'm saying we need to expect better out of the, the industry as a whole to put out a better product from the beginning so that we don't show up on a boat like I would like to know that I could go on a family vacation and go. You know what? I got a free day. I'm going to go jump on this dive boat by myself and know that I'm not going to get a monkey as as a dive buddy. Yeah.
1: The problem with today is chances are you are going to get a
0: monkey. Which is why people are so right now over the last five years rushing to the solo diver certification. But that's not the answer in my opinion. As a matter of fact, it kind of just skirts the problem. (laughs) You know, <laughs> It does. It, it's sweeping the problem under the rug. It's exactly skirting the, the issue. The problem
1: is in training, obviously. The problem is in the very core initial open water training that a basis of teamwork and uh, uh, awareness isn't really taught. It's mentioned, but it's not taught to any and, degree and the pro- of, and- of even a modicum of ability skill
0: because it's not scalable from dive boat to dive boat to dive boat, right obviously because there's always the breakdown constantly Mm -hmm. look at us once again trying to solve the problems of the entire scuba world on one little just one little podcast with two little scuba instructors
1: and a whole lot of coffee
0: and a whole lot of coffee get out there and enjoy your abyss coffee people and um Go out there and get manscaped. And uh, thank you to all of you listeners and uh, all of you Patreon donors and PayPal donators and everybody who listens and supports the show. We uh, we are here week after week because of you and because of the feedback we get from you. So thanks for tuning in. Brando, should we sign some logbooks? Let's sign some
1: goddamn logbooks. God damn it. Get these motherfucking logbooks off my motherfucking desk. Dear Jamesy, team diving, solo diving son of a bitch with a camera, you've mastered it all. Keep it up.
0: Thanks, Brando. I'm just going (laughs) to swim over here for a minute and uh, see what's over on this side of the (laughs) reef. I'll catch you on the boat later. (laughs) Hopefully. I'll see you on the boat with 500.
1: See you with 500, yo. All
0: right, everybody. We will see you talk to you next week.
1: We'll talk to you next week. Same macro lens time. Same unaware, unattentive dive buddy channel. Boom.